Hello. This is the Monday Moan for the 30th of October 2017. Now, don't worry, I'm not depressed. It's nothing like that. But there's a story I would like to tell. And it just so happens that the date, the anniversary, falls on a Monday. So I can deliver this story in the form of a Monday Moan which is, after all, a format that I have come to use for personal things. And this is a fairly personal story that I'm going to tell, although it relates to much wider things as well. Something has been on my mind all this month, and actually last month as well, September. And it's the fact that I see this time last year, even though it was a very busy period, as the calm before the storm. We're talking about September and October 2016, just before my trip to America, the dangerous haggis tour. I had for a long time wanted to visit America. Initially I wanted to do like a three or four month trip, very extensive, and staying with all sorts of different people, visiting as many different states as possible. But that never came about because it was just too ambitious. But at some point last year, I think in May or June, Richard Spencer invited me to speak at the NPI Fall Conference in November. So that sort of settled it. I was going to go to America in November. And that speech at NPI was going to be my first ever speech. And it would be to about 200 people, which was obviously a daunting prospect, but I just told myself that it would be fine. In the meantime, we're talking about August, September, October, the alt-right was enjoying what I would now call its honeymoon period. Hillary had just done a speech about us, I think it was in Reno, which brought us a much higher public profile. But it was still safe. The media were calling us all sorts of names, but they had no evidence to justify the slurs. So we were on top of things. We had the upper hand. We were ahead of the game. We were the clever ones. And the untainted ones. At that point. And simultaneously, Trump was going from strength to strength. Uh, Hillary was having ridiculous faux pas, one after another. The media in America and in Britain were getting hysterical in the run-up to the election. And in every way, the alt-right was getting stronger. People were curious about us, asking about us, finding out, exploring our stuff, showing up, subscribing... We were growing, and, as I say, we were not tainted. We were controversial, but we were getting away with it. Everything was going just fine. And uh, then another date was added to my America schedule. Greg Johnson, knowing that I was going to be in America in November, asked me to speak at his Northwest Forum, which was happening a week before the NPI conference. So, my first speech would not be at NPI, but at a smaller, more informal, more intimate conference. 
I was relieved. And also, around this time, a European alt-right materialised. Or at least came to my attention. I certainly hadn't been aware of it before this. And that was Erkenbrand, the Dutch organisation. And this is relevant in itself, but also for my story. Because Erkenbrand were going to do their first conference, and Greg Johnson, who was booked to speak at it, had to cancel. And they asked me to cover for him. So, my first speech would not be in America at all. It would be here in Europe. And I did it. I flew to Amsterdam. I rendezvoused with my girlfriend at that time. She was a German girl. And we stayed in a hotel. And we spent a day exploring Rotterdam. And I was working on the speech at the same time. And this was a symptom of how my life was changing. It was the first time I had done that thing of travelling to a conference, staying in a hotel, having a speech ready, giving the speech, meeting lots of new people, and then travelling more afterwards. It was the first time I'd done that. And it felt exciting. It was exciting. My life was changing, but the change was gentle. It was a natural progression from what I'd been doing on the channel. And then after the conference in Rotterdam, my girlfriend and I went to Germany and spent time at her place. And we had a great time. We watched lots of films and I made lots of videos. And then I booked a flight back to Scotland. But I missed it. I missed the flight because I went to the airport on the wrong date. Somehow I had got it wrong. So... This meant, I I changed the flight, but it meant that my girlfriend and I had another few days together. It was totally unexpected, but it was lovely. And then, halfway through October, my girlfriend and I went back to the airport, and I was going to leave. But before we parted ways, we stood outside the terminal, and I had a cigarette. And I looked around at this airport and I knew that I was about to fly away. And we'd just done this conference. And I knew that there were two more conferences coming up. And a trip to America. Transatlantic flight. And it was all so new to me. And I said to my girlfriend, Wow, so this is my life now. Conferences, international flights staying in hotels, meeting so many new people. All this adventure. This is how my life is now. It was... It was confusing, but it was exciting, and it felt safe still. Daunting, but safe. Like I was handling it. And the irony was that it had all come from the room in Linlithgow that I was about to return to. It had all grown from that. And then I went into the terminal, got the flight, and returned to Scotland. Returned to that room. So it had been a mini whirlwind journey 
to the Netherlands and Germany, and I was now back home in Linlithgow. And this would be the last time that I would live there peacefully, unmolested, not having to think about anyone coming to the door, coming to the house. (laughs) I had been there in that room for ten years, and it had been my cocoon from the world, my tomb, you could see, but also a cocoon. It kept me safe. And I had endured all sorts of troubles in that room. Despair, depression, worry, fear about my own life. But it was also the room in which I created the Millennial Woes Project, which gave me a new life and really fixed all those problems. So it was not a a room that I associated with misery. But also the room was intensely familiar to me. I felt relaxed and safe there. But this was the end of that era. Of course, I didn't know that at the time. How could I know that at the time? And in any case, such things were very far from my mind because there was so much to do in preparation for the trip to America. I worked very, very hard. I was writing the software that would enable me to make the videos over there. I was buying the things I would need for the trip and then making all the arrangements for the trip. But mostly it was uh, working on the software. It was was frantic. It was only 16 days, but I packed an astonishing amount of work into that time because obviously there was a deadline and everything had to be done. And it was done. And then, a year ago tomorrow the 31st of October, I left that room. I left the cocoon. I left the house. I left my hometown. I went to Edinburgh Airport and flew to Dublin Airport and then on to America. And my life would never be the same again. Because by the time the trip was over and I returned to Scotland, the following things had happened. I had been to places that I'd only seen in films, many places. Trump had been elected as President of the United States. I had done all sorts of things for the first time. Fired guns, got a salad from Whole Foods, been into a Walmart, seen Seattle in the rain, California in the sun and all these different wee versions of America and I had attended two American alt-right conferences and Hailgate had happened which led to a media furore and I had made 46 travelogue videos and I had met hundreds of new people including Greg Johnson, Jared Taylor Nathan D'Amigo, Anti-Dem, and of course Richard Spencer, and many other people who can't be named, but were so kind to me. (laughs) And of course, several Scottish newspapers, following on from the furore caused by Hailgate, 
had published articles about me, including one that called me a racist scumbag. As a result of that, my relationships with various family members were beginning to break down. And of course, the Scottish media and Antifa were searching for me. So indeed, the peace had ended, and (laughs) the honeymoon period was over. The alt-right was tainted. I was in danger. My life would never be the same again. The alt-right would never be the same again. And probably America would never be the same again. And I returned home and lived there for the last time. Six weeks I had there. And then it was all over. But that's another story. I don't want to seem negative uh, or depressed or demoralised. I'm not. I'm just noting that things change. Life moves on. Events happen. People change. Sometimes in unpleasant ways that you wouldn't have expected. And you have to keep growing. You have to keep going and you have to keep growing. And it's difficult. It's stressful. As for me, it's been a year, nearly. Well, yeah, nearly 11 months. And I haven't put my life back together. But the truth is, my life was not optimal at all this time last year. It was a peaceful period, but my life was not as it should be. And the upheaval consequent from Hailgate only brought to the fore that I needed to sort my life out. I needed to grow up. Unfortunately, I can't say that I've succeeded yet. This has been one fucking hell of a year. But it all started this time last year. A year ago tomorrow. And of course, this day last year, the 30th of October, (laughs) was the end of that era. Thank you for listening.